most of us have the best of intentions that we're going to follow through. We're going to meet this resolution that we've set for ourselves. And then like life just happens and you get busy or you are stretched then and pulled in a number of different directions. And suddenly that priority, unfortunately, of, of that resolution just falls to the wayside and it's buried under other priorities. Welcome to the Women Rewriting the Rules podcast, a production by Gush Living. I'm your host, Sumi. And I'm your host, Ashley. And this is where modern women gather to navigate our way through the maze of personal, financial, and emotional challenges, create confidence in our independence, take control of our finances, and achieve ambitious goals, all while loving the life we're currently living. But before we get into the content for today, we want to share something really exciting with you. We are offering a really fun incentive for our day ones, our founding listeners, to help us get this content into the ears of other women who could benefit from it. So if you love this content and you show us your love, we want to pamper you by offering you our very first giveaway, which is a spa day at the Four Seasons Hotel. So if you want a chance to win, there are just three simple steps you can take to get entered. First things first, go ahead and follow this podcast on your podcast app of choice. Next, you're going to write us a short review with a five-star rating. And third, go ahead and share your review on your IG story and tag us at Gush Living. It's really that easy. And once you tag us, we'll pick one lucky winner on January 1st. So get your reviews and shares in now. Let's start the show. So welcome back to our final episode of this season. Can you believe that? It's the final episode. It seems like the season has just flown by talking about so many topics around the holidays. I know. I'm really happy we dug into all those different angles though. Me too. I think we have taken an interesting approach to looking at the holiday season, how you can just get the most out of it and optimize your life, find more happiness, find more contentment. So I'm really excited to wrap up the season with today's topic, which is new year, new you, question mark. (laughs) Heavy on the question mark at the end. I like that you added the question mark. Of course, like question marks just make everything a little more mysterious. So there is some really interesting, um, really interesting studies around. I have a feeling this is digging into the question mark part. It is. <laughs> so it's like new year, new you. Is that actually going to happen? Is it actually not? Because there are just so many studies and so much research around the end of the year, people getting really excited, mm-hmm. having tons of energy to set a new year's resolution and proclaim a new path for their life and have these big, ambitious, audacious goals. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, research has found that that doesn't always end the way that we would have hoped that it would end. Um, I'm actually going to read this directly from my phone because there's statistics and I don't want to mess up numbers. Sure. So there is a researcher. He's the chair of psychology at the University of Scranton. His name is John Norcross. Okay. And he's done research and studies around the holiday season and New Year's resolutions for 
decades. He found in his studies that of people that make a New Year's resolution after one week, so seven days, around 75% of those people are successful at keeping that resolution. So you lose 25% of people that make a New Year's resolution the first week after seven days. After two weeks, that number drops to 71%. So So we're still on a relatively good track. Yeah, like not a horrible drop. After one month, that number drops to 64%. Okay. And after six months, it drops all the way down to 46%. Okay. So by the middle of the year, Mm -hmm. half of the world that's made some form of New Year's resolution to – get in shape or have better relationships or set better goals for themselves or start a new career, over 50% have dropped. Mm -hmm. And even more interesting than that, there was a study by Stratava, I hope that I'm saying that right, and they dubbed January 19th as Quitter's Day. Mm. So they looked at their app to track people's activities and to see how people were keeping up with those activities that may have been associated with some New Year's resolution that they started. And by January 19th, they found that most people were thrown in the towel. Most people were done. Done. With their goals by January 19th. Done. Intentionally or unintentionally? Because I think Most of us have the best of intentions that we're going to follow through. We're going to meet this resolution that we've set for ourselves. And then like life just happens and you get busy or you are stretched then and pulled in a number of different directions. And suddenly that priority, unfortunately, of, of that resolution just falls to the wayside and it's buried under other priorities. I don't know your thoughts on that. Well, it's the worst when you find yourself making the same resolution year after year after year after year, which makes sense if most people quit on January 19th um, or at least six months through the year. Um, then it's like, well, the next year you haven't achieved that goal yet. So I guess I'm making it again. Right. So, but isn't that the definition of insanity? Like doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Like I literally think maybe Albert Einstein, I forget who said that. Einstein supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, exactly. But I found that there are different ways to approach. So I don't make New Year's resolutions anymore. Ooh, do tell. Okay. So I found that there's so many better ways to approach New Year goal setting than resolutions, which are just like, like you said, probably not going to be fulfilled because we all make the, we all make too many of them too, right? Oh yeah. Like we, we try to get fit, make more friends, follow our passion, start a side hustle, <laughs> get the promotion, make more money, buy a new house, find the love of my life. <laughs> I don't you sh- know. You should have all that get figured co- out by January 5th. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I like, honestly, it, it doesn't even like cross my mind to make a New Year's resolution anymore. Because I'm constantly doing that evaluating and like review of my life that the new year is just another time to do another review and goal setting. Okay. So it sounds like your approach is a little different and that like you're not putting all your eggs in one basket for new year's resolutions. Right. I think that's a really good way of putting it. But it wasn't always like that. I mean, for years I was, you know, like 
if you know my background at all, like I was a successful entrepreneur. I was a successful CEO of, you know, an Inc. 500 company and we were doing really well. So I felt like on paper I had this uh, resume, right? Or like on, on paper or in, you know, one could say, oh, she's got her life together. She's an Inc. 500 CEO, right? But every year I had the same resolutions to get fit, make more friends, follow my passion, da 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 da, da. Like years. I would say probably for like more than a decade I wow. did that and spinning my wheels, right? So like the first thing is like if, if that's you right now <laughs> listening to this, like don't feel bad. Like it takes a lot of intention to get out of those circles because we're all in them. Oh, 100%. You know? um, but anyways, finally, I realized that my goals needed to be framed in a different way and not around New Year's. Okay. <laughs> not around New Year's. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I started thinking about what would work best for me. And I realized mm -hmm. I'm like a one thing at a time person. And so I started thinking like, okay, what are the most important areas of my life? Um, and I started thinking about, okay, it's four areas. And so I basically, I developed this tool for myself and then I started using it on some of my clients that I was then coaching to help them grow and scale their businesses, but also to live their best lives, not just focus on business success. And so we came, uh, you know, I came up with these four areas and I called it the crew tool, C-R-E-W. Okay. Love a good acronym. Always helpful. <laughs> so should I share about it? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So the C is contribution. Okay. okay. The R is relationships. Um, the E is environment. And the W is wellness. Okay. So under the C, which is contribution, it goes contribution, career, money, those kinds of things, right? Relationships. That's obvious. That's personal relationships, romantic relationships, friends, community, family, environment. How Are you living where you want to live? Are you setting up your home in the way you want it to be set up? Do you have spaces that feel good to be in, right? There's so much that goes into environment that we could be taking into consideration. And then W, wellness. And that's connection to yourself. That's connection to spirituality. That's taking care of your health and fitness. Anything that you want to put into that category called wellness. So anyways, I started – because I started this by saying I'm a one thing at a time kind of a person, right? So the last thing I would want anyone listening to do is to go out and, like, try to get clear on all those areas of their lives right away and implement all these four thing four categories at once, right? Because it's probably going to not lead to <laughs> success. It might be a little overwhelming. Yeah. But what I liked about this acronym and this tool that became called the CREW tool is, like, you – it's four, it's four letters, right? It's four areas of your life. And there are also four quarters in the year. Okay. So what if instead of thinking about New Year's resolutions, you started thinking about it as every quarter you get a new chance. You get a, every quarter you get the chance at moving on with your crew or like hanging on to your crew. Ooh, <laughs> okay. okay, that's nice. Right? So it's like, all right, you start with the beginning, contribution, career, work, money, like – Get whatever goals, whatever vision you have for yourself in that area. Take a quarter to focus on just that, right? And take a quarter to figure out what what your what vision you're setting for yourself, and then what it means for you on a daily basis to get there. What what I call process goals, because the process is always more important than the result. It's the process that gets you there, right? 
Um, this is me going into like heavy goal setting coaching <laughs> personality right now. We're here for it. Let's have it. <laughs> All right. So, um, and then what I really like to do too is so you set your vision, you set your process goals, and then you create an identity statement that goes along with that. So, you know, one of my more recent contribution goals was to be able to create, make, and create and put out great music that I loved out into the world that would move people in a way. And so, um, however, I didn't see myself as an artist. I didn't see myself as a creative. And so I had to actually like create an identity statement that would match with that contribution goal. So like I am a recording artist. It sounds so simple, but it was sort of groundbreaking for me to have that statement that would be in alignment with the goals that I had for myself. Otherwise, I wouldn't believe it was possible and self-sabotage in many ways, right? So like that, you can take each one of the areas and create your vision, create your process goals, and then create an identity statement that matches that. I live in an apartment that I absolutely love. I sink into my luscious sheets at night. Like whatever it is for your environment that you want to change up, create an identity statement that matches. So that's that's kind of the process. But the key, in my opinion, in my experience, is that you don't move on to the next letter until you've gotten the first letter in like ingrained into your habits. Okay. So it's like as you're going through crew, you're starting with each letter and completing each letter before you move on to the next piece? And by completion, it means getting it habitual. So getting it to the point where you're not having to think about it on the forefront of your mind every day, but it's ingrained into your daily habits. Okay. That makes sense. So it's it's getting yourself to a point where it just comes natural to have that be a focus of what you're doing to improve your life. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So that's my that's my crew tool, which I have charged thousands of dollars to coach people on before. And, and you, you get guys it got here it. for free, people. You get it <laughs> in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that, you know, it is possible to achieve ambitious goals and that question mark we can turn into an exclamation point. <laughs> but it takes, you know, it takes kind of a different, it's not as easy as just setting a New Year's resolution. Yeah. Takes more work than that. Yeah. Definitely. What are your thoughts on, on it, on goal setting? So for me, I really focus on my micro goals. Okay. So you can have a macro goal, which is like your big vision and the big idea that you want to accomplish. But the reality is you're normally going to take a lot of little steps to get there. So like in the simplest terminology, I could say that I wanted to become a world-class runner. And so maybe that's my macro goal is to become a world-class runner. Well, right now your girl does not run. I don't like running. So me neither sister. <laughs> I do not like it's running. just not my thing. I'm like the people that are good at it. Good y'all them. are amazing. I love y'all. Um, but running is just like not my jam. Give me yoga any day mm. over that. Um, but if I set a goal that I was gonna be a world-class runner by the end of the year, I have to start somewhere. Like I'm not going to get up off my couch and then run 
a record-breaking 5K overnight. But let me just say, what you just said is so powerful because I think that also sabotages a lot of people because you, like, it's hard to realize that you're not going to be good right away and keep going anyways. Yeah. Well, and I think for some people, when you try to jump too far ahead, so you kind of, like, leapfrog some of those goals and – you know, you don't really take the time to step back and look at exactly what it would take to get there. It can be frustrating because then you feel like you're a failure or you feel like you're not good enough or you feel like you're not capable of getting certain things done when it's not necessary that, you know, you can't do it or you couldn't be a world-class runner. Almost anyone on the planet could be a world-class runner if with, that's what they decided to dedicate their life yeah, to. Yeah, like if that's what you really care about, if you're super committed to it, and if you can build the consistency kind of to the point of your crew process, if you can build a consistency over time in those little steps to actually make it happen. Like there's a really good book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. It's one of my favorite books. And he talks about the loop of reward that you can set up for yourself. So it's like, okay, I'm, if I want to be a world-class runner, I probably need to run every day or every other day to just get my body in that process. And he's like, set up a loop where you keep your sneakers next to your bed so that when you wake up at 6am, which I'm an early riser, so I'm normally up at like 5.30. We are different on like every potential Another way we yin and yang. (laughs) Like, I'm an early bird, Sumi's a night owl. Um, But when you wake up super early, it's like, okay, my shoes are right here by my bed. I'm going to see those shoes. That's going to trigger me to go ahead and get up and run instead of what I think so many of us do, which is spending time in your head debating whether or not you want to do the thing you know you need to do to accomplish the goal. Like, if you don't have something that's going to trigger you to take action, it can be easy to just lay there in bed for 30 minutes thinking, well, should I go for a run today? Oh, like I know that I should, but it's really cold outside. Mm, But like, you know, like I ran yesterday and isn't that good enough for this week? Oh, well, like if I run, am I going to miss my 9 a.m. meeting? Like am I going to be done with my run and enough time for that? Mm, Well, you know, like what if I like tear something or, oh, you know, like, oh, I think I'll just like lay here and stay in bed. And that is a thought process that but I've But by the way, that thought process took the whole entire time that you could have been out for a run. No, exactly. So it's like <laughs> yeah. that was the 30 minutes that right, I had to run that right. I just laid in bed thinking about whether or not I should mm-hmm. run. Um, so he talks about creating this loop of, you know, you've got your shoes by the bed. So you wake up, you see your shoes. When you see those shoes, that means put them on get out the door. So now you're out the door. You're going to have your run. That's the trigger. Shoes means put it on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're out the door. You enjoy your run and then you can maybe have a reward for yourself at the end of that. So maybe after every run, you have a really nice smoothie or a piece of luscious, amazing avocado toast or soft scrambled eggs or whatever that reward is for you. And in doing that over and over again, you just become used to that consistency. Um, And so for me, it's looking at what are the little teeny tiny baby steps. There's no step too small that I need to take to get to that goal. And am I doing that in order? And like to be a world-class runner, it might be, and I've 
done this in the past and I'm still not a world-class runner. So don't judge me for that. But it's, you know, do I have the right running shoes that are actually comfortable, that fit me really well, that I can take a long run in and feel good at the end of it? Do I have the right water bottle to go along with me? Do I have a band to put my phone in? Do I have the right ear, like headphones so that when I'm running, I'm comfortable and I'm not second guessing or questioning anything along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, building out those micro goals that are going to ladder up to the macro goals and creating some form of reward loop to be that trigger to keep me being consistent. That's really how I approach resolutions. And I'm not as big on making hard resolutions as I am just having a list of these are the things that I'm going to work on this year and then going through that list periodically to see if I'm any closer to hitting those goals. And then sometimes you realize that the things you've put on that list actually don't matter anymore and they're things you want to get rid of. Well, I think that's a really good point because it's depressing. I mean, it's really depressing to, I think the whole idea of New Year's resolutions is a little bit depressing (laughs) because it's basically you saying like, God damn it, I really need to change this. And then you resolve. It's going to be changed in the new year, right? Like it's all, it's like depressing. It's like, it's as if this area of your life that you almost like hate about yourself or probably like carry shame around or something, you know? And so I don't know, like I feel like tossing that whole idea out the window is probably healthy uh, just because of all the stuff that's built up around it now. Um, And starting fresh with some, with a new, with a new kind of idea around it where it's like, 1% 1% better. 1% better. Incremental. Like that, another good book is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm, okay. And he talks about like, oh my gosh, like you guys, if you do the math, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, but if you do the math, then you literally get 1% better each day. It's an exponential curve. And by the end of the year, you're like way up here when you started here, right? But it's yeah. about just that small, like 1% better every day. Yeah. I think that's important because also there's the phenomena of getting to that goal. So you've set this goal so high. And then when you get there, you're like, this is it. Yeah. Like, like this doesn't feel any better than this. This yeah. isn't more rewarding than this. I'm right. not actually as happy as I thought I was going to be now that I've reached this goal. Like I've seen that happen to so many friends and heck it's happened to me as well, where it's like, Oh, okay. I set this goal to get a promotion or excel in my career. And I think I shared that story in one of the earlier episodes this season where I talked about my goal to be a corporate ladder climber. And I climbed and I climbed and I climbed. And then I got to this certain point and I was like, this sucks. This is absolutely not what I want in my life. And it's disappointing when you get to that place and you can't just ride on the satisfaction that you thought was going to be there because it's not there. So I think to your point, when you're looking at it from smaller portions, smaller improvements, you feel like a greater sense of accomplishment every single day. And so it's not like you're storing up all of this anxiety, waiting to get to a certain point, and then you get there and you're not happy with it. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same philosophy behind like if somebody's trying to change their eating habits and, um, you know, like, okay, so you, you ate something that you weren't happy about eating, but you have all this 
shame and pressure around it, then you're like, well, fuck it. This is just a bad day and I'm going to eat shitty for the rest of the day and, and binge in ways that might not make you feel good or whatever if, if that's your goal. Um, but it's like, well, no. If you think about, well, 1% better, well, okay, so what? I indulged in this thing. Great. Let me be 1% better this next – it doesn't even have to be day by day. It could be this next hour. You know, yeah. so like life can be broken down to like, it, you really, it brings you back to the present moment, I feel like, and, yeah. and takes away this pressure from, like you said, this huge achievement of being a world-class runner to like, what are you doing today? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think, um, we said this in another episode as well, but just being gracious with yourself mm -hmm. and having that space to appreciate where you are in the moment still hold space for the place that you want to move to and the greater version of yourself that you're stepping into and learning how to become, but just really appreciating like, this is where I am right now. There's no need for me to judge that. Let me just love me right now, exactly as I am. Really soak that in and have those good feelings and sometimes that positivity that like you're giving yourself, it makes it possible for you to accomplish so much more. No, that's as opposed spot to having on. like a negative voice in the back of your mind that's like, well, you were supposed to run a mile today and you didn't do it. It's like, okay, yes. Now let me look at why did I decide not to do that and get real with myself. Is this really a goal that I want to hit? Okay, it is. Let me recommit. And, and maybe it's not and give it up. Exactly. And the other thing is it really feels good to delete things from your life if you're not doing them. Yes. Literally just delete them from your mind, you know? If you've had going to the gym five days a week on your list for the past five years and you haven't done it, like <laughs> let just it go. Get, let it go. Just See let it go. See how it feels for this whole next year to not even have that as a goal. Yes. It might give you all of this extra energy and extra mental space that you suddenly like become, you know, an amazing painter and, decide, and realize that through all that joy of painting, you're moving around your studio and you're actually getting your exercise that way. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. I mean, like different I'm just can saying, be better. Can different can For be better. Real. Like you can find alternative ways to still accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, even if you're not doing it exactly in the exact way that you originally thought you would be doing it. And that doesn't make it any less satisfying or any less of an accomplishment if you end up doing it in a roundabout way. So 100%. totally agree. Like if you have goals or resolutions that you're setting and it's just not, not happening. happening. There's a reason it's not happening. Well, you have exactly. like a roadblock or a mental block, or maybe it doesn't work with your schedule, whatever it mm -hmm. is, or it might be acknowledge that it's not working and then find yeah. another way to get into exactly what it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Or just go a year without it. And you might find that extra room in your mind and your schedule like opens up a whole new level because sometimes you can't you can't do it all I mean you definitely can't do it all not sometimes <laughs> you can never do I'm it like, all can you ever do it all you can never do it all. I think the answer is no and so it's like instead of beating the same horse to death every year like and being burnt out I mean we're not just give it up give it up yeah literally I mean it's literally like why I say don't move on to the next letter of crew until you've done the previous one into your habits. It's because you can't, you can't hold it all at once. Yeah. 
And definitely finding what works for you as an individual with your unique needs. Right. Is so important because what works for me may not work for you. Right. Like I could give someone a list of here, how I accomplish my goals every single year. And they may go through it and think, this is horrible and too rigid and too type A. You would probably think this about my list of how to get things done. Um, you know, know, like know. too rigid, too type A, like not enough room for creativity yeah. or flow. Right. Too many rules. I would probably think too many rules. Yeah. But not really because you, br- like you break rules. rules. We all like we're, breaking we're rules. We're rewriting them. Yeah. Yeah. We're rewriting them yeah. with this podcast, um, which I'm excited to share more rules that we're, we're going to rewrite. <laughs> and, and our different takes on that will be interesting. It will. Awesome. Well, we hope you guys could take away from this episode that, you know, there is no one right way to approach the new year and the new you <laughs> and all of the, you know, all of the self-help articles that you might be reading out there. Like, take what works for you, ditch what doesn't. But most importantly, I think the key to all of this is really the the combo, right? It's like the combo of really trying to appreciate deeply where you are now while going after whatever you want. Yes. If you can remember that that's the key, that combo is going to get you more satisfaction and joy and happiness in life, then I think that's a win. Absolutely. It's the new you, but also the you that currently exists that deserves to be loved exactly as they are, that has accomplished amazing things, that is so worthy of all the goodness that life has to offer soak into that. Yeah. And then really think about the new you that you want to create. And is it a fully new you or is it a slightly tweaked you who has capacity to just enjoy where they are right now? Yeah. Because even that, even bringing more joy to yourself is a fully worthwhile New Year's resolution. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) If that's the one thing you accomplish this next year, I would be proud of myself for that. Yes, me too. Well, this wraps up our season, the first season of Women Rewriting the Rules, a production by Gush Living. And we're so happy that you joined us and we can't wait to have more interesting conversations with you Throughout the next few seasons, we'll be talking about different topics. Like, Do we want to see a little bit of what's next? Yes. Okay. We'll be talking about different topics like race, politics, relationships, and how to build deeper relationships, money, and how you can make more money (laughs) and hold on to more money. So there's so much goodness to come. And (laughs) are we going to start singing now? We can totally do that. That'd be a good way to end it. I'm actually not because I am not a creative artist in LA. That's sue me. My singing voice is not what you guys want to hear. Is there a Happy New Year song? Happy New Year to you. You totally just made that up. Happy New Year. (laughs) Bye, guys. But I love it. And I love you. Thanks for listening. And we'll hear you next episode or (laughs) (laughs) the next season. Next season. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. And don't forget, we still have that really amazing incentive for anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, who is looking for a community with other like-minded women, we want to pamper you. And that's why you have an opportunity to win a spa day at the Four Seasons. So how do you get entered in? Three easy steps. First, 
make sure you're following this podcast on your podcast app. Press that little follow button. Then write us a short review with a five-star rating. It really helps get the word out to other women who need this content. And then third, share that review. Share your review with us on your Instagram story, but be sure to tag us. It's at Gush Living. We'll pick one lucky winner on January 1st. So go ahead and get entered right now. And we'll see you next time.